Welcome to a special bonus episode of Public Power Underground. Public Power Underground is Public Power's premier infotainment program that covers public power and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. I'm Paul Dockery, the creative director of Public Power Underground and manager of the power department for Klatskin IPUD. In season three, episode 10 of Public Power Underground, we shared the first part of an intriguing conversation with Michelle Maneri. Michelle is Bonneville Power Administration's Chief Financial Officer, who is currently on assignment to the Department of Energy as the Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary of Electric Delivery. In this bonus episode, you get the full, though still it's slightly edited, there's still some, a little bit of editing, conversation with Matt Shretnick, um, Michelle Maneri, and myself. We go deep into the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. We talk about electrification's impact on long-term planning, how to prepare for grant funding, seasonal time change, maybe a little bit in there on seasonal time change, the ostrich swing of energy policy, and how she misses all of our wonderful workshops in the Pacific Northwest. If you listened to last week's episode, the first segment is repeated here because we do, you know, we hope, let's be honest. A Michelle Maneri interview is probably going to get some different uh, audience than our normal episodes. So if you already listened to a regular episode of Public Power Underground, you may have already heard that first segment. You can listen again. That's fine. We're very supportive of you listening again. It's probably, I've listened to it five times already. I pick up something new every time. Maybe you want to do that too. That's great. But if you don't, there is a timestamp in the Substack newsletter that tells where the new content is. It's also available in the YouTube comments. If you go down there, it'll be a little uh, timestamp. You'd probably be able to click on it as like a chapter. Or it's in the show notes for your podcast app as well. You can just skip ahead. Um, that is if you've already listened to it. You should not skip this intro, though, because let's be honest, this is uh, it's great content. You like you like this stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to have a little bit of an intro to an episode. But with that, and without any further ado, other than I will say, if uh, you are listening to the Michelle Maneri interview, you think it's intriguing, you go ahead. We give you at the end how to find us on all your apps. Um, hit that subscribe button. Maybe you'll like the rest of our content. We do some good stuff here. Very informative. Very, very like low-key, easy. We're not very, it's great. It's good content. You'll like it. Trust me. It'll be great. With that intro, I'll hand it over to Matt Shretnick, eWeb's Power Planning Supervisor and Staff Counsel to get us started. Hi, Michelle. It's great to see you again. Welcome to Public Power Underground. Thank you, Matt. I'm, I'm a, uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. Do you, is it safe to say that you really have no idea what you're getting into, <laughs> Michelle? That is true, especially with you two. You can go anywhere. Yeah, we were talking about before we came on camera that this is actually the first time you yes. and I have spoken to each other. I have heard you many times. I've been in many public web webinars or workshops, even in person where you've spoken. You and I have never had a conversation. This is a great Thank honor you, for Paul, me. Thank you, Paul, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because um, I still get the phone calls. I've been about six months at DOE now and not Bonneville, and I still get the, nope, not me. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Talk to... Yeah, the exactly. funnest but, calls. Those are the best calls. You'd be like, oh, oh, that's a, that's a really important question you have that someone exactly. else needs to answer. That me. Thank you. I'm just a concerned citizen now. I can, all I hear is what you hear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Already been, Love it. Love it. All right. Um, 
I can't believe it's already been six months. So you've been on uh, diving in. You've been on detail uh, with the Department of Energy. You are, if memory serves, the acting deputy Assi- assistant secretary. Uh, yes, of electric right. delivery. Of of so electric delivery. That is an yeah, awesome basically title. Basically, everything transmission. Perfect. And not um, R and D. Not R and D. Okay. It, I, I, I want to know more about R&D when it comes to transmission, but that's not what we're here to talk about. So um, I will have to have a follow-up. Exactly. Um, and that's my, that's my compadre <laughs> uh, over in my sister organization. So he and his managers love to talk about all that. I love it. Um, well, it's fun stuff, uh, as, <laughs> as we know. Now, looking back at news, uh, news releases at the time, um, you would be, uh, I believe you're going to be helping to lead DOE's focus on national transmission infrastructure policy issues in support of our national clean energy objectives. Um, now, inquiring minds want to know, um, and, and we want to know as well, um, how goes the good fight? Um, what does the recent passage of the Infrastructure Investment and Job Act mean for your assignment? So means a lot. Means we go faster, or we where people expect us to go faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but those in the transmission world, um, they're not known to go particularly fast. And so, um, so I think it's for me. I came over to DOE. They reorganized, and I'm standing up this group. So I've uh, stolen some great uh, planning engineers as well as project managers. I'm still in the midst of stealing people. Um, and uh, in order to help stand this up. Mm-hmm. The cool thing is uh, we're starting from the basics. We're starting from working with uh, the planning utilities or the, the planning organizations for utilities or ISOs, RTOs, or you know whoever it be. And um, the goal, one of, we have two goals basically. The first is to really um, have the two labs that we're working with, NREL and um, PNNL, and have those two kind of combine some of their modeling skills and help us model and look at um, the national transmission grid. As you know, um, uh, FERC and Order 1000 and all that was, well, it's had a little about, you know, inter-region, but it was really about your region. So yeah. everybody's been doing a very good job with their region and planning. But in order to hit the new uh, kind of administration goals, as well as some old goals for states, I mean, California has, you call, has, you know, started this 10 years ago and really looking at a clean electric industry by 2035. Now, when you first say that, people are like, there's, you know, some people are like, there's no way you're going to hit it. And others are like, oh, easy peasy. Um, and so what we do is we come as a neutral third party, um, but we actually provide the skills of the labs. We provide the funding. We provide the convening. And um, so this first this first phase is really working with those two labs, working with all the regions um, to really look at scenario-based planning, especially mm. across regions. And so it's those seams issues. Um, yep. I believe NREL put out a SEAM study a few years ago that was, but it's dated now. So we're starting with some of that base uh, data anyways. We're not starting new, um, taking everything that's been done and uh, really test it with the industry and test it with utilities. And so this is not one where we're going to come out and go, ta-da. This is one where we're going to put scenarios out and talk to a bunch of people and then run some models and put those out and stress test them. And so it really is um, helping provide a tool for the industry as well, you know, as well as states, as well, you know, the either the governor's offices or the PUCs or whomever to help with modeling scenarios. Because because in the end of the day, the states drive the residential or, you know, the, yep. the PUCs 
drive the residential rates. Um, and I know I'm talking public power, and so maybe it's your your city, if you're Seattle City Light, or your co-op, or your uh, if you're a municipal kind of that the town. But um, we're trying to provide that visibility and uh, that modeling capability for folks to use. And um, so for me personally, and well, personally and uh, professionally, what we're looking for are where we can, the AOE can help partner with, whether it be states or send some federal money or things like that, where there's the, the big, big bang for your bucks, whether it's, it's connecting regions, whether it's um, helping with, as well as upgrading infrastructure. As you said, there was, uh, there's some money that came out of the infrastructure bill for grid resiliency. And if you look at everything it hits, I call it, it's everything in the kitchen sink except for two things because they're in separate bills. Uh, it doesn't do transmission um, uh, uh, expansion. So mm -hmm. it's not new builds and it's not cyber because those have their own bills and their own money. And so basically it's, it's really trying to invest in the current infrastructure as well as the new, uh, the new builds. And so that is where we're, we're really focusing, but we start with tools. We start with visibility. We start with uh, 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 modeling tools that can help people see what will ha happen if they make policy decisions or if they, uh -huh. you know, make investments here. And you can run not only the production cost modeling or the capacity expansion, but we're marrying that up with power flows. So one of the things that uh, the big mantra is it has to be electrically viable. And a lot of times we do one without the other. And so we are really trying to do number of scenarios in kind of the traditional where you see coming out of the labs, that higher level, and then marry it with PNNL's experience and having them push through with the power flow study with it. And so that's where we're starting with the basics. My group is planning. That sounds totally basic. And technical <laughs> systems. We're starting with uh, kind of the basics, and really, this has to be industry. We want to model what industry's seeing. We want to uh, do that, and so this really is a different approach than what we've done before because it really is coming alongside to build a tool that we hope is going to be ongoing care and feeding that can be used um, by folks across the country. A follow-up question, if I may, you'd mentioned uh, uh, show the impacts if you make a given policy decision or uh, a given investment. In your estimation, what is what is the split there? What is the when it comes to, for example, interregional transmission, as you said, right. um, what is the split if we're looking at the impacts of, of policy or potentially even governance shifts um, versus you know spend a bunch of money on on steel in the ground? Um, yeah. So through the infrastructure, the steel in the ground got the majority of the money already. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was, as I recall, there's $5 billion for um, upgrading your current infrastructure. Half of that goes to uh, cities and tribes and small utilities, the other half for the bigger utilities. Um, and then there's states. There's a whole, so that's about $5 billion. There's another $5 billion that are states and tribes and small utilities. And so, and that's a lot of that for technical assistance and then the actual uh, upgrades. And so that money is going to be used for the technical assistance or whatever they need up front. And then later on the actual uh, whatever widget or whatever they're putting on their, yep. their line. Um, and so I'd say the majority of that, there was two and a half billion that was designated called the transmission facilitation program that actually came out of the Pacific Northwest. And um, so that is one that, uh, that, that provides 
uh, two funding sources. You can either do a loan program um, through it, or you can have actually DOE invest in the, the project itself. So they're a funder. They're like a, another transmission provider. They own the capacity, and then um, DOE will will uh, do an RFP and have whoever's OASIS in that area um, yep. have them administer it, short-term and long-term. And so the goal is we invest in some, some lines that are really needed, but they don't have quite the full subscription yet because you either don't have the wind farm on the other end. And so we're that stopgap that um, invests in those uh, lines that, uh, that that are close to there, but not quite there, um, invest in those. And then when it becomes uh, commercially viable and things are going, we sell, we just post it on Oasis for long-term sale, short-term and long-term. And uh, so that's, a, and then when it's commercially viable, someone else can buy it. Finally, a solution a for Montana wind. I love it. Exactly. That's a two and a half billion revolving fund. So that's one of the few things that came out of the infrastructure bill that is ongoing. It's now a new program. It goes on past the five years. Um, and so, yeah, most of you will say it's only two and a half billion and you can spend that, you know, like that. So it'll probably be very strategic. I'm guessing four or five projects uh, uh, just to get it going. But but that is one that builds on itself. And so when it is viable, it refund, you know, it kind of replenishes the the, um, the the coffers, I guess it is, the revolving fund, borrowing authority, mm -hmm. I think, as we, we are, know it well, and uh, replenishes that borrowing authority and uh, keeps going there. I love it. I found it. I found it. We have this Perfect. great uh, summary that we'll talk more about, and it's uh, it's like Section 4106, and they refer to it, the uh, summarizer, yes. as an anchor tenant. You get to be the exactly. anchor tenant. That's a great it word for it. I have a bunch of follow-up questions, but we should probably uh, transition because I want to go okay. deeper on this alone. Agreed. Yeah. Michelle, do you mind you, you mind are, sticking around yeah. for, uh, for a bit of a longer conversation? Let's let's go. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, great. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back with more. We're taking a quick break for a word from our sponsor, Efficiency Services Group. The folks at ESG are electric utility enthusiasts like us, and we appreciate their help in making this show possible. ESG specializes in working with electric utilities to develop real solutions to meet their specific needs. So if you're looking for a true utility partner to help you implement energy efficiency programs, or lots of other stuff too, we, I focus on the energy efficiency programs, but they do a lot of other stuff. Um, so reach out to your friends, us, our, your friends, us at Public Power Underground, if you want a referral. Brian Fawcett is the one you should definitely email if you want like the real referral for somebody that interacts a lot with ESG. Uh, if you just want you know, me to reread this to you, uh, like on the phone, I'm happy to do that as well. Just call me up. Be like, hey, I want the ESG promo, and I'll just uh, live read it for you. It'll be fun. Let's try it. Try it out once or twice. So see if you like it. Um, you can also learn more about ESG's story at efficiencyservicesgroup.com. That's efficiencyservicesgroup.com. They're a returning sponsor of Public Power Underground, and they're electric utility enthusiasts like us. Now back to Michelle and Matt for more. Michelle, we are back. Um, yeah. Now, are you ready to talk a bunch more about infrastructure? I love it. My favorite topic. Hit me. I have some infrastructure adjacent things too, where they aren't actually like DOE maybe in your wheelhouse, but they're like adjacent enough that I feel like I can ask sure. about. Are you open to like maybe not exactly yeah. on topic? I'll tell you. If, okay, that's my yeah, brand. Yeah, I'll tell you if that's I know it or I not. Go. 
All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna go first here. Now, Paul and I we talk a lot about um, how the electrification of the economy is gonna change our utilities, electric utilities. Um, now, close to home here, Eugene City Council uh, recently passed a pair of motion setting the city on the path to study building electrification and uh, banning natural gas connections for all new builds. Um, here at AWeb, we just put the finishing touches on our electrification study, taking a look at what we, we see demand looking like in the future. Uh, and Paul's up there in Klatsk and I trying to get people to think of outlets as electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Um, yes, plug pass, it's open source. Plug pass is just an outlet. It's just an outlet, <laughs> EV charging infrastructure. Um, That's all you need. I, I support it. Anyway, uh, sorry, anything and everything, right? Um, so now with that, uh, I, I basically have two big questions, if, if, if you would be so kind. Um, now, first, do you have any insight on, on how you see the increase in electrification impacting our long-term planning um, here at you know, public power utilities specifically? Yes. Um, and second, before, before uh, we move on, if you don't mind, how can we make sure that the greater grid, closer to home for you, um, is able to support this electrification, EVs, energy efficient buildings, uh, and connected communities? Yeah, good question. So yes, so that's one of the things when we're looking at the National Transmission Study. Uh, when you break it down, a, a, uh, a study is basically generation load and topology, or your wires. And so those scenarios are going to actually hit all different areas. So we have uh, electrification, which is load, you know, you're, you're uh, high, medium, and low. Um, we, are, we are following the, the folks that are giving the money and where the money goes because that, um, as we all know, spur, spurs uh, action uh, when you throw money at folks. And, uh, and so, uh, so, yes, we are actually, when we look at the transmission study, we have to look at generation and load. Um, not only on electric vehicle, but uh, distributed resources, batteries, um, uh, all that stuff. And so it really, you know, it's really interesting. It's even though it's called a transmission study, we're going into the distribution because the lines between transmission and distribution, the world is not a push anymore like it used to be. It used to be central generation and it just followed load. And so uh, but now it's the, the push pull. And so that is one of the things that is um, really apparent. And I think we saw it on the West. We've seen it on the West Coast for a number of years now, but uh, the nation's seeing it as well. That, uh, that 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 connection between transmission and distribution is more vital and that planning together because it doesn't do any good if we we harden the transmission system, we upgrade it and that stuff, and then it gets stuck on the distribution system yep. or, or vice versa. Um, or the transmission system can't respond to signals from a distribution system like EVs or like uh, distributed resources or demand response. It has to be two ways now. And so I think because our grid was not built that way, there's going to be a lot of focus on modernizing the grid, um, really getting that technical, the, the new technology, the, uh, the new thinking, the new approaches in order to make a, a grid that can handle um, variability on both sides. So as you're going, you, you mentioned this in our earlier portion about uh, trying to recruit people in to build this model and build a team that can do this model. Um, when they're working through the load side, uh, where are you yeah. getting the load side? And are you incorporating, 
high penetration of EV adoption? Are those some of the yeah, scenarios that you're working on? And do you do you think of it differently for rural utilities like Klatsk and I possibly yeah. versus more urban scenarios? You got it. Maybe so like part of it is this model is not a one size fit all, and that's part of the thinking. And so the the NREL and PNL, the labs have actually taken everything that they've done before and and given us probably a good 25 scenario you know it's kind of a menu scenarios and then we're going to go around and ask what are the inputs that make the most sense for that region so i think you're right um and i'll even say rule versus not i mean look at the midwest you're not going to have probably a the same electric vehicle um, adoption as you are in california we know that um Unless the F one fifty really hits at home when I'm in the Midwest, I'm I'm right, I'm rooting for you, friends in Ohio. I'm rooting for you, yeah. mom and dad. Get well, that F one fifty. So that would be interesting, lightning. especially with um, if you if uh, the Senate actually passes some sort of version of the Build Back Better America. I mean, it's amazing when you do incentives when you do you know especially to the end consumer. And Absolutely. If, uh, the manufacturers can come up and uh, provide that F one fifty that is not electric, but still can be a workhorse um, and you give people incentives. Yep. Um, that's actually the wild card is when we saw this 10 years ago when we when the states and the Fed started first started the tax credits for wind um, and solar, you saw that boom in certain areas. Um, and so it'll be interesting as we as the US in, invests in its infrastructure, you know, hundreds of billions um, trillion <laughs> that um, how that spurs not only behavior for the end consumer, but also behavior for the industry as a whole. Yeah. And, and I, one follow up on this model, this planning tool, I think it's really cool that you all are working on developing one. Do you, is this a national tool that, that models yep. like our whole transmission and uh, the load for the yep. nation as a whole? And then can Klatsk and I use it with our own scenarios? Because you talked about being able to pick right. and choose for yeah. a region. Can you talk through your deliverable, like what you think this yeah. tool could be used yeah, for? Because this sounds the really cool transmission and nerdy study, to me. Which, because it's funny, when you say tool, we have to market this really carefully <laughs> because it's not... Right. Oh, yeah. well, okay, market it. Yeah, exactly. Help me. Help well, me because DOE you. is not coming out and saying ta-da, they're coming out and using this. Um, so yes, it should be, what it's doing is it's really stitching together all the different planning regions and all the different modeling. So if we take the West Coast or uh, even the Northwest here, uh, so you take not only Bonneville, but Seattle and Benton and I can't remember, you know, and, and whoever's doing their own, the, the BEAs, the, the 39 BAs that are stitched together, um, then it really yep. it we are trying to build one that encapsulates all that stuff but looks across you know that, that can cross it now part of those conversations are everybody uses different assumptions and so um, that's why we're doing scenarios and uh so we're as you as you might guess it's something that it's a tool that it's really scenarios to get you close um especially on the power flow so at least we'll know is it deliverable or not right. um or if not, where is the congestion point? Um, so yes, it can be used for that. We're really hoping that the state policymakers, the PUCs, um, anybody trying to look forward, um, we're trying to give them that data um, for decision making, informed decision making. And and 
So you're talking about areas of like congestion and stuff. Is that it, will this tool help us figure out how to make the cost effective investment to get the biggest return for our money for for things like because we're thinking about okay how do we actually make sure that you know electric vehicle our grid can support electric vehicles and there's like these constraints that we're wondering hey is this going to work or not is that will this help us a transmission study it's a so national tell me the transmission name of it again. study I'm gonna I'm actually gonna. We're going to help yeah, with the market transmission. So uh, thank you. Brought to you yeah. by the and National Transmission. Yeah, and what it will do, because this is on the, the engineering side, what it will do is help folks see if, you know, a what if. So if it's high penetration in these areas, like EVs, and you have some distributed resources, and you want to go after you know, solar in a certain region, you can all, it can be fed in, and then you can actually see what it does to the grid. Can it support it? Can it not? Where do you have to upgrade? And so it it does the engineering side, um, and then it gives decision makers on the cost just some visibility. Because what it will do is when you do put like those scenarios in, you can see how the grid shifts. You know, when the electrons shift, when you add a line, when you when you yep. pull from a certain things, you can shift. And so it's not going to. It, we haven't hooked the cost to it, but you, somebody could easily. Yep. And so you can do a before and after. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I want to pivot a little bit to the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. So this seems like a great tool to figure out the value-added proposition of some of these, you know, in, in, transmission and yep. uh, investments. Um, so on November 15th, uh, President Biden signed into law this Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Since that funding, the $1.2 trillion bipartisan bill funded a variety of physical infrastructure investment. Can you help us level set where we're at? Where is this going? How can we get How can utilities get involved? How can yep. we get a piece of the pie? Yeah, kind of, good question. Because it's always one of these things when the ink, you know, when the it's signed and the ink dries, people are like, now what? Um, and so, but yeah, now what? one of the things exactly. that um, folks are really conscientious about, especially in DOE, but I think other places too, is stitching it all together and being strategic because a number of the bill or items in the in the in the deal um you you can have folks uh choose pick and choose from a number of them so if you're you know if you're a, a small rural uh, town you can get a, a technical assistance from some areas you can get money from others um, depending on which part of the iija or the infrastructure jobs uh, Jobs Act, um, you can do that. So what we're trying to do is we're knitting it all together. Um, I'm actually in charge of all things transmission, future transmission related. Um, whereas there's three of us all across DOE that have all the components for DOE and uh, working teams. And so we are really trying to set criteria, set um, how this will work, implementation. I mean, everything from do we have the contracting, uh, you know, ability to do this? What do we have? You know, do I have anything that's out there already? For example, the loan program office has been going for, you know, centuries or decades. Sorry, decades, not centuries, <laughs> decades. And um, yeah. <laughs> so if someone actually wants to do a loan instead of having DOE be the anchor tenant, great, I'm sending them over there. And we're going to, so we're, we're having those discussions to see who can support, what do they need funding to support, but really setting up the criteria and the mechanisms. So when we do come out and say, go, uh, the, we're ready to process. The, the last thing um, DOE really wants to do is be the cog the wheel. So we want to do a little thinking. And so yeah. uh, we have all our systems, our processes, people can, can, um, be we are ready and and they can be ready 
I'd say for for a lot of your so it sounds folks, like though, you're working. I'd say the plan. The plan is really important. This is not just give money because I want it. Uh, my guess, and this is just my guess personally, is when you think through, there's going to be criteria, and there and some of the bill languages have. So, what's your your grid hardening plan? What is that? And so, having some thought and to beforehand, and some thought, even if you're going to ask for technical assistance, what for? You know, this is the plan. This is what I want it for. Those are the ones that are probably going to go faster through the process because they're they've already pre-thought a lot of this. Yeah, so um, so you're going to be the secret encoder ring that helps us One interpret <laughs> the bill. One of the three, it yeah. sounds like, a DOE. Um, but in order to access the powers of the secret encoder ring, we have to actually yeah. probably have a plan. That was, yes, exactly. Hearing. Now, like, there'll be some to... criteria. So that's what we're trying to figure out. So this is the criteria. This yep. is what the plan would look like. Um, but, yes, it is not just right. everybody that comes and says, I want money. This is really about being responsible for the taxpayer money and being able to uh, and have success measures we're here for. and be able to come back. So it'll be a partnership. Um, stewards That's of right. public goods, right? Exactly <laughs> what we're stewards of public goods. Do exactly what we do. And so okay. this will be familiar to a lot of folks. But um, and I think in the grid hardening world, I mean, think about we've gone through fires. We've gone mm -hmm. through we've gone through a lot of things, flooding, fires, all that stuff here in the West. And so I think a lot of folks are have been, especially in the small, have been thinking about that anyways. And so part of that is just putting that plan down. Um, and if there's a way that yeah. you can have multiple small utilities come in together, if they want to plan regionally together, that would actually work as well. I'm feeling I, this, Matt. What I do think you, it makes, you feel like I think this it makes could work good for sense. us? You feel like this could work? And this is actually a really good segue, Michelle, because we're using uh, an, uh, some info off Energy Twitter to help us come up with a plan. This, Matt, this, is, this is true, although, this. of course, we, we did read the 2,700-plus page bill in its entirety several times. Um, uh, we've been Congratulations. Using, uh, I did not. <laughs> neither, neither did I. I read the, um, the electric sector section. There you go. Jesse Jenkins, um, a uh, a energy Twitter and an energy Twitter celebrity, uh, put put out a, a really useful summary. Uh, he's with, I believe, he's with Princeton these days. But um, we've been using that as kind of a guide on public power underground. Um, getting getting specific, getting into the nitty gritty here now. Division D, Title One, Subtitle A, Section Four Zero One Zero One. It's okay. called uh, preventing outages. Uh, uh -huh. Off the top of your head, right? Uh, preventing outages and enhancing resilience of the electric grid. Uh, it directs the Department of Energy to establish a grant program to support activities that reduce the likelihood and consequence of impacts to the electric grid due to extreme weather, wildfire, and natural disaster. You right. were just talking about this. $5 billion. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, now, it provides grants to electric utilities. 30% of those grants have to go to small utilities selling less than four terawatt hours of electricity per year. Uh, and again, now, Matt, does, does eWeb qualify or do you sell less than four you know, terawatt hours? I'd have to double check. I do not know off the top of my head. I, it's not yeah, even a measure actually, I hear often, I so I don't know that I have intuition. Divide, you know, and divide by. <laughs> yeah, how yeah, much what is, is the average, average megawatt? megawatt I'm assuming 400. But... And we have to convince more more people to use average megawatts. It's a great way. That's to, do we I know? just used the average megawatts, and so I had to divide. I think yeah. it was the terawatts. I didn't have it here. I had to go through several, but I think I got to it. And I think you might. I don't know what your utility does, Matt. You might be close. Yeah, well, all right, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, I, thank Fingers you very much. Pretty, Matt. Matt, to, it was shed some load, I guess, and for the benefit of uh, 
the greater good. I'm kidding. Um, now, um, again, having the, with that four terawatt hour threshold, um, the the funds are for grid grid resilience. Grid resilience, pardon me. Um, this includes microgrids, weatherization, undergrounding, monitoring, vegetation management, all of the above. Uh, small utilities um, would be required to match 33% of that funding, of course, which we are happy to do. Harkening uh, back to to Paul's question earlier and recognizing that now we know we need a plan, how do we get some of that money? <laughs> Well, so that's what we're trying to trying to give that criteria. So, and that's what I was saying, just kind of thinking through. And I'm in the early, early uh, kind of thinkings on some of this stuff. It's um, it's going to be very methodical, but um, but that is something that you will hear. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure. I don't know yet because we're still at the beginning. You'll hear something. Either either it will be like an RFP, a request for proposals, um, or oh. it will be um, some sort of. Uh, uh, an announcement, but for a number of those, it's probably going to be that type of mechanism um, that that we use that we generally okay. use in the government. Is there something like on DOE's webpage where you do that type of thing? Is it something that we should rely on a trade organization to um, notify I think us? Every of? attorney under the sun uh, has a link to the Federal Register notices and gets pinged. Um, you can sign up in certain areas. Uh, because uh, we just we use that common federal platform that I think you can go to any of the sites and just sign up for. Uh, you, you usually you, it's specific for notifications on grants that then they'll ping you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So sign up and yeah, call with a plan. Come to Matt and ask what what he's been seeing. Uh, yeah, we don't. I, do you we know, want I that, don't know Matt? if it's necessarily in everyone's best interest. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there'll be more about it. Um, I, we are being put, uh, we are being encouraged greatly to go to to do this quickly, and so uh, because there is, we they do want to show that we're not sitting on money, we're getting it out and that stuff, and so it. it I'm guessing in the next few months you'd see something, um, but it will depending on the program. That's a common vehicle they'll see because remember there's a lot of grants for batteries okay. and you know kind of the storage industry if not I mean there's a number of them that are out there that I think there's a common ne- mechanism they'll use. Do you think the Pacific Northwest has some of these projects uh, like tailor made already that it's just a matter of you know, putting your plan together, submitting your application? I mean, some of these things like talking about you know, weatherization is something we do all the time. Uh, vegetation right. management. These are things that we do. So it's just a matter of making sure you have the criteria, understand your criteria, and then match the yeah, criteria I'd with say, I'd uh, say the funding it's, sources. Uh, and this is just me personally. I'd say, though, it ha- it's, it's things the utilities have been wanting to do, but they've been a little too expensive. And so in the hardening, whether it's better sensors, whether it's uh, replacing uh, wood poles with steel poles, stuff like that, I think those are the ones that are going to, you know, that if the government comes alongside them, how do they get some of those things done? And so that that would be my guess. Just reading even the language in the bill and kind of the intent for Congress and that stuff, it's it's helping the industry with some money to get the stuff that they normally wouldn't do. You know, a little too expensive, especially for small and rural areas that will just help get them over the hump and help subsidize that. So the rate, you know, so it's it's good for everybody, and that's why it's federal money coming. I love it. Great. 
That is a great segue. Matt, did you have a follow-up? Because I'm going to segue to the next I was just going to say, I found a conversion to ter- terawatt hours to average megawatts. It's apparently 1.1, okay. 1, or excuse me, uh, 114.15 average megawatts is yeah, one terawatt hour, which is a billion kilowatt hours. Um, <laughs> which, these, are big, these are big numbers, but uh, if four terawatt hours is, you know, 400 and whatever, we're okay, because we're just under 400 on an average megawatt basis. Okay. And so as I punch myself in the headphones. Yeah, and, and to Matt's point, if you're close, you can use some, uh, some. what do they, what's the euphemism for rolling blackouts we're using yeah, these days? Um, some emergency, <laughs> like it's an energy unit, right? Yeah, your customers so, will love yeah. you for that. Uh, we're not going to do that, E-Webbers, just yeah. so everybody's yeah. clear. <laughs> that's Neither not will we. That's, that we're, that, exactly. that's just tongue-in-cheek. Yes. That was tongue-in-cheek. Okay, I'm going to segue to something I care deeply about. So in, in Division A, Title One, Subtitle D, Section 11401, called Grants for Charging and yep. Fueling Infrastructure, it establishes a charging and refueling grant program to be administered yes. by DOT. It appropriates $2.5 billion for charging and fueling infrastructure grants with priority given to yep. rural areas low to moderate income neighborhoods and communities with low ratios of private parking or high ratios of multi-unit dwelling. Eligible entities include a state or political subdivision of a state. This is public power right here. Political subdivision of the state of Oregon. That's what a PUD is. Um, uh, Including port authorities, which we got a port authority here in, in our service territory. It's good stuff. Even though it's DOT and not DOE, and I was going to ask the question, like, how are we getting some of that money? That was going to be a theme. But you already kind of talked about that. So DOT, are they going to go through a similar process? Is this a coordinated process for that's grant a, programs? That's a good question. Um, do you, yeah, so do that's you have a good peers question. there? So I'm on the DOE subcommittee for that. But the person that uh, is actually a lot of the feds are getting together. I'm not on that one. Um, but we have actually uh, signed a number of uh, memorandum of understandings. That's kind of between DOT and DOE and DOI and and so how we're going to work together. Um, the transportation we know is one special electric vehicle. Um, you got to get the wires there. You, and if you're talking truck stops, you got to think yeah. you got to put the distribution system as well as the transmission system. And so and so we've been ta- we talked about that even before the bill was was real. I mean, when it was a bill, not the deal. Um, and so we understand that. So I haven't seen their plan yet. Uh, they're due tomorrow, <laughs> our first draft of all the plans, and oh. uh, to consolidate. And so um, so I personally only have about five elements in here, um, but I am working with everybody else that has the other elements. So you, DOT got right. this and not DOE. Do you feel like this should have been a <laughs> DOE thing? Like this is energy. This is energy infrastructure, right? What are we doing here? We got electricity in there, Department of Transportation. <laughs> well, people. Yeah, we work really well doing? together. And so, uh, and we work hand in hand. And we've actually had some conversations Good. already. Um, yeah, it's, this is, this is Congress and bills and uh, where it belongs. Yeah, I know. That was, that was and I think one of the things DOE hasn't, uh, we coming out of the last administration, it was all about resiliency. We're, we still have that, but they also stood up my office. It's all about the transmission, you know, kind of planning, permitting, and and technical assistance. That's new. And so, if you if you didn't quite know about that, you're trying to put things wherever they can be. Um, most of the folks I've right. 
because there's one that I'm accountable for, but it's in somebody else's program. <laughs> and so they just tacked it on and I'm like, okay, but they were great. They're like, yeah, let's coordinate. Let's figure this out. Um, so that is the nice thing right now is uh, coming from coming from the Northwest and knowing how to work with everybody and, and kind of the quirkiness and, and all that stuff. Um, DOE, it's been very nice. I haven't felt like I've stepped on toes yet. I mean, everybody's the big message oh, to good. all of us coming from the top is we can, we have to do it all together and you will coordinate. You will work together and you will coordinate. So, uh, so I've actually been pleasantly surprised that people are warm and embracing and want to come together and want to figure this out. Um, so it's been nice. That is great to hear. I am going to follow up on one thing you mentioned, like truck, truck stop charging, okay? And you're talking yeah. about transmission planning. We all know it takes a lot of power to charge something that fast. You're delivering a bunch of energy in a right. very short period of time, right? So this is my pitch, okay? Charging speed fees. Ooh. Electric utilities need to have charging speed fees to make sure you are putting a price point. Like these people... Some truck stops are thinking like, oh, I'm going to charge in 10 minutes. I'm going to get like 10 cents a kilowatt hour or whatever. It's like, no, you need to charge for the infrastructure or else you aren't. I agree. So I would I would do a pitch back to the utilities saying that these are ones that <laughs> they're going to be in people's service territories. And you don't know so, what you just did, Michelle. You don't know what yes. you just did. Oh, uh, yeah. And so. <laughs> yes. Department of Energy agrees with charging <laughs> species is what the, that's the title of this episode. You just named the title. I agree. No, I think species. that is something the utilities Sorry. have to and the the, um, the the rates folks have to figure out is with this new technology, how do you want yeah. to cover costs? Yeah, you got to record. Like equipment is going to be expensive, and the stress on your infrastructure is yeah. going to be real. You need to make sure there is a price signal for those things. Just recovering it through the yeah. energy that you yeah. deliver—it's just like so, so oh, I, we're, you, we're anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, you actually down, uh, uh, kind of uh, spurred something on me. So the one thing that also is your utilities and your your governor's offices and your PUCs. It's a new world. You got to work together because it is. It's the the cost yep. recovery and the rate making uh, of it. The policies coming out of the states, and so this is a world where um, we have to see people working together because when they do, it's going to be a much better uh, 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 outcome because they've thought through all this and they've had those that approve the rate making, at, you know, at the table from the beginning. Yep, absolutely. Matt, I think you're up next. I, that was, I just feel so empowered. I feel so empowered yeah. and validated. I feel seen and heard. Uh, you don't have no idea how good it makes and, me feel. And, anyway, yeah, go you, ahead, Matt. You, you don't know what you just did to us, Michelle. Uh, I know. But that's okay. Well, it's, all, you, it's all for a good cause. You, you talk to somebody that's been doing rate making for about 20 years. Yeah. And so that's you're fair. speaking my language. You're not, you're not wrong. It's a conversation for another time. I don't disagree with either of you. We'll, we'll leave it there. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, we we just uh, we just pulled out a couple of programs that are that are super intriguing and, th and thank you for for diving in there. There's there's a lot more obviously to it. We talked yep. about you know 2,700 plus pages. Um, are there any areas specifically within the act um, that or any other areas I should say that you're going to be specifically involved in yourself um, or anything you know better yet that you don't think is getting enough hype uh, specifically amongst uh, public power and public utilities in the Northwest. Yeah, so I personally have five of the 
initiatives, I guess. <laughs> the 4010 something um, mm -hmm. underneath it. The transmission facilitation program is the big one. That's the two and a half billion acre tenant. Um, and so I will be, it's actually going to be run out of my organization. Um, and so uh, that is one that uh, I'll be personally involved with um, and figuring out the criteria, figuring out how to implement it. I'd say that. Let me, let me, yeah. let me follow up there. This is, you can tell me if it's over the line. Boardman to Hemingway. Is that a, is that a project that would <laughs> you know, fit that is this a good question. program? So one of the things you have to read is some of the language and some of the bills say it can't be existing. Um, and so does that mean existing projects? It's, there's no steel in the ground yet. And so that is one that um, anything that's kind of in progress, uh, we're going to look at that criteria. We're not okay. ruling it out. Was that over the line? You can tell no, no, me no, if you want me to cut that. Out. Okay. That is You're actually, not ruling it out. We've been asked that too. Okay. Can you, what about the, the projects that are uh, kind of in their permit, you know, towards the end of their permitting uh, phase? Can this help? Now, I would say with that, a lot of those already have funding because when you bring in DOE, it's just like bringing in Bonneville. You get um, all the, the um, NEPA work as well. And so a lot of folks don't want to at the end. They're looking, this is where I'd say Boardman to Hemingway, with the um, Build Back Better America has that 30% transmission build credit. Yep. That's the oh, big one. Okay. That's yeah. the big so, one. So okay. I would say okay. if on um, Boardman to Hemingway, if you had someone pull out all of a sudden and not want to do it and they were looking for a third funder or something like that, that would be it. But I think for the most part, they're looking at the, my guess is they're looking at that 30% transmission building credit. Okay, yeah. I hijacked you there. We'll get back on it. So you've got five. You're you got five of these sections that you're right. in charge of. That was the first one. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good uh, one. There's also uh, one, and it's the one where the program's actually in uh, colleagues, uh, which is uh, EERE, -E, which is the energy. It's the generation side. I call it. It's kind of like it's the generation side, um, and so they already have a program generation. They tacked on um, uh, the transmission and distribution piece to that. And so we are sharing 500 million. That is, let me see if I can get you that. Uh, I actually had my cheat sheet here for a minute. Um, but that is one that's, it's. Is it the 40109 yes. state energy program? 500 you total to the it. state energy program? Nicely done. We found it. Thank wow, you, you're Jesse. Faster than Jesse me. Jenkins, another shout out. <laughs> well summarized. Yeah, and sure. so that one is, we're going to be working with the generation side of that 500 million. Uh, what how much is going to be for generation versus transmission infrastructure. Yep. And so that is when I have the transmission distribution piece of that. But, and that's a great group to work with. So I have no qualms. We've already connected and stuff like that. Um, so that's where the criteria comes in. How do you, mm -hmm. how do you split some of this up? Um, yep. The other two, there's two I have yep. that I really don't have. I just have the reporting and that's the two Bonneville ones. So it was the BPA uh, borrowing authority that actually has some, and you have to do outreach, you have to do stuff. And so I have to report on that, which I just get from Bonneville, as well as there's some money given to yep. them that uh, for the, EI, you know, the Columbia River System EIS, it's a study between Canada and uh, the U.S. And so yep. there's reporting there. I'm not doing anything with it. That's Bonneville, but I will help with the reporting. So they, it's just one, one stop fits all. Since I have to report on it all the time, I just turn to them, they turn to me and, and visibility. Um, and you so, know some people the there. Last, Great. The last one is, oh boy, I'm blanking on it. It's a smaller one. Um, 
I can't believe I'm blanking. I've been saying this so many times. I know this in my sleep. And there's one more. It's it's one of the smaller items. Uh, the transmission facilitation program is the one with the big dollars. I love it. Absolutely. Is it Matt, Matt had a second question on what you think. Is there anything for the Pacific Northwest specifically other than we we already covered the Bonneville? Exactly. I mean, that's obviously big Bonneville getting the Bar Authority and the and the Columbia River Treaty. Is there anything else you think is like really interesting for um, the Northwest I'd say, that we haven't we talked, talked about, about yet? Some, I think do not lose sight of of the money going to the states that then go to you. You know. Uh, do not. And so oh. you're going to have to help your states maybe with some of this stuff. But um, there's not only do the smaller utilities get it, but the also the states can get it and pass it on. And so you can you can try to figure out strategies, you know, and maybe shotgun it all and see who gets who actually gets through. But um, don't forget about that crucial pass through for the states. Um, I'm not sure where they're at for okay. thinking through some of this stuff and every every commission is different or every state energy office is different because I think it'll probably come through the energy office. Um, but uh, those uh, those are just don't forget about those monies as well. Um, there's a number of these. You're right. There was one that had a 30 percent matching, but there's also some that are just grants, especially coming through the states that are just grants for your grid hardening. Um, I think that is the area, even though it's not a ton, but it's amazing, especially if you want to do, like I said, um, do uh, something that is really tied to, in the Northwest would be fires probably, um, that, or that grid hardening or the, 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 that type of thing. So don't just think about things uh, of yours, think about what comes to the states as well. Plan early and often with them. That is very good advice. We actually had a conversation with uh, eWeb's own Jason Huser uh, about that very subject this morning. So uh, timely uh, and important. So thank you again. Um, it, take, taking a step back. Um, so a ton of work with regards to transmission infrastructure and a ton of work with regards to the bill itself that we, or the act itself, I should say at this point. Um, what else is DOE up to that we yeah. should know about and that our, our listeners should know about and that we should be excited yeah. about? Thank you. So, uh, so you know, it's interesting. We were down, going down this path uh, regardless of the infrastructure because we knew for uh, technology, especially uh, technology for your grid, getting more out of your grid is that R&D um, group that uh, is uh, we both report to the same boss. And so we're brother organizations, sister brother. Um, I would say a lot of that is think about optimizing your own grid first. And I think mm -hmm. that's you know, it's no data for utilities, but um, get as much as you can out of your own grid. So I think some of the cool technology coming out, um, the labs are always looking for people to partner and test some of that stuff, uh, which usually comes with money to help as well. Um, and so I'd say uh, really think forward on your grid, not today. And it's really hard to get out of today, but um, it's going to be uncomfortable because it's scenario based. We have so much money that's coming through the states and through the feds, and we're not quite, nobody knows quite exactly how it will land, you know, where those EV charging stations will be. Is it going to take off? What's going to happen? Um, and so I'd say that's something that, especially to the, the boards uh, or the, the co-op boards, whether it be or the municipalities or anything like that, you're going to probably have to think a little and 
plan to go towards a certain direction and be able to course correct along the way, there is not a one, one answer anymore. There's too many variables up in the air. Um, but I think the, the utilities that actually plan forward and can help drive forward can also help take advantage of the new technology and the, the, the federal and state money out there. And you, and, and you manage to tie it back. So for Sorry, planning. Paul. Yeah, no, you did. You, you did great. Yeah. So I'm supposed to be planning forward so I can get free money so I can have and take some stuff. risk. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get you the free might, money if, when if you take risk. If you're starting from That's Portland true. and you want to go to, um, to Astoria, you might end up in uh, Tillamook, but at least you're going towards the coast. Yeah. We wouldn't do that, though, because we always <laughs> have spots. Can I write, Matt? Any and every opportunity. Yeah, we got to stop at the berry patch on the way, get exactly. a nice piece of pie. Uh, there's they, they have actually some DC fast charge, not utility owned, not as good as ours, but you have great pie. Hard to argue with that. You can stop at Colvin's, <laughs> have a great sandwich. There you go. Um, there's a pitch. Uh, uh, now I got my tourism pitch for Klatskanai. Uh, I, have, I have an infrastructure adjacent question here. Are you ready for infrastructure adjacent topics? Okay, so I think we can all agree that seasonal time change is not uh, mm -hmm. an energy policy. Northwest Public Power Association's own Scott Corwin once referred to it as the ostrich wing of energy policy. I want to know, like, where you are emotionally with seasonal time change. Do, like, are you, is this a safe, like, safe conversation between us? And do you support federal legislation that would allow Washington, Oregon, and California to transition to daylight savings so time all the this time. this is personal, as you said. Um, interesting. I'm wondering if you're asking everybody this. Um, I Okay, are you familiar with what Senator Pat Patty Murray is doing not. on this topic? So she has this she has this thing. It's just heard it in an interview the other day. So she thinks that the secretary of the Department mm -hmm. of Transportation has the authority to change. She doesn't think. I think this is actually okay. real. I shouldn't caveat in that way. That you can change time zones by just the D secretary of energy or the transportation being like, hey. You can be on the mountain time instead of the Pacific time. And here's the thing. If we are on mountain standard time, it's basically daylight savings time all the time for Pacific time. So nope. are you aware of this? Do you support it? And what is the Department of Energy doing to get Pete Buttigieg <laughs> so, to actually approve uh, this all the time? I know. This, this, permanent, this permanent mountain time. I'm fine with it. It's great. Just keep me on oh, one time funny. all the time. So I'm not aware of anything. <laughs> That is between okay. the states and the Department of uh, Transportation, it sounds like. Um, but some states have done it. So it'd be good to ask how they did it. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think we should all support Senator yeah. Patty Murray personally, you know, personally, yeah. not necessarily <laughs> professionally. Uh, but uh, I think we can all agree that it's not energy so, policy. So is Matt on the opposite side it. of that or... No, we're on the same page here. Okay. Right. No controversy at all. Yeah, um, it it nope. annoyed me no, forever. Zero. Just oh, yeah. for, the, for all of the reasons. And then I had children, and now I despise it with the white-hot rage of a thousand suns. Because yeah, it I ruins a week. Yep, same. Not a day. A week is just out the window. 
you can't explain to them, you know, well, now the clock is different, which means it's bedtime. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as, what yep. do you mean early? What is time? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You got me there, exactly. kid. I have no idea. Uh, and it's exactly. like, Dad, it's 530. Why are you still in bed? <laughs> like, I, this is the That's time right. I wake yeah. up every day. The clock, I don't know. Yeah. What's the clock? I don't know. That, why exactly. are you awake, Dad? Um, well, it's, it's well, thank you for that diversion. Um, thank you for the enlightening conversation. I've got one final question. I'm, I'm hoping you're willing to, to answer. Um, you know, we worked together for uh, nearly a decade uh, over at Bonneville. Um, uh, a large portion of the time was was fairly closely, particularly with regard to the the MC initiative um, and all of the corresponding efforts around it. So, uh, I think I think most importantly, out of all of the things we've discussed today, I need I need to know is, do you miss us, Michelle? <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's it's kind of it's um, humbling to switch a job virtually, not be out there. I've met yep. one person. I've never met my boss. I've never met my team. I've never met anything like that. And so until the government can travel again, um, it's everything virtual. So I do. I miss you guys. Just to be candid, I actually still keep in contact with you guys. I figured. I figured. But uh, and now even more of us. Uh, that's right. They are the lucky. They're ones. the lucky ones. Yep. So yes, that's why part of the deal was I stay in the Pacific Northwest and I just travel every month out to DC. But have you done that yet? I mean, have you? No. Are you? Yeah, you still, haven't done that yet. Still, so you've been on six months. The deal was you could travel once a no. month, but you haven't even had to do that. You've right. just been like, well, yeah. Can't and do so it yet. It's, it's mission critical it's, only right awesome. now, and I'm not mm-hmm. mission critical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you yeah. are. You are mission not critical. Us, I'm mission not critical. Mission critical. I, I guess that's fair. It all depends on what the mission is, right? That's true. I have yeah. traveled a tiny bit, um, but it's very, very targeted and masked up and stuff like that. Yep. Be very careful. Yeah. Always good. Be safe yeah. out there, everybody. Yes. Michelle, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to spend with us and to talk to uh, the Northwest Public Power audience yet again. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. You too. I thank you, and hi to all the folks out there. I I do miss I do miss the day to day interactions. I well, don't we miss, miss you. Cases. That was the message that we yeah. got and that we were bringing back here. <laughs> is we miss you, and so we're really glad that you were able to do this because now we feel yeah. a little bit better. Thank you. Happy to. That's all. Yeah. That's all for this conversation. Thank Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Michelle and Matt for the informative conversation. Our holiday special is coming up. It's being recorded on December 13th and published December 16th. To make sure you don't miss it, you can sign up for an unintrusive newsletter with links to all the ways to consume this fascinating content at publicpowerunderground.substack.com. Really, you can just search for Public Power Underground on Google. will probably come up. Uh, I don't think there are any other websites with public power underground in it probably not i also did note if this is your first time listening to public power underground we would love to have you as a friend of the underground we'd love to get you to send us a note say hey friend of the underground if you sign up on uh substack you'll get an email every episode will come out it'll show you what the stories we covered public power public power adjacent news stories sometimes the adjacent news are as informative as the public power news sometimes you just get great public power content it's it's fun if you're electric utility enthusiasts we're the place to subscribe for your news 
and get it in your earbuds, drive it on your way to work. And those of us that are still commuting to work or back to commuting to work probably should say, you know, it's great. Way there, way back, you're through an episode. You at least have some understanding of what the conversation is in public power. What's going on in public What's on public power's mind right now? Sign up. We're also on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. You don't have to subscribe to News Data to get this podcast, but it sure makes our podcast make a lot more sense. That's all for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Public Power Underground is a production of Klatskin IPUD and News Data. The views expressed here are our own and not the official views of Klatskin IPUD, News Data, or the organization of the guests also appearing on Public Power Underground. Public Power is Public Power Underground is public power and public power adjacent news from a power department's perspective. It's written and directed by Klatskin IPUD's power department, led by me, Paul Dockery, and it's edited and published by the Stellar team at Pioneer Utility Resources, led by associate producer Sarah Wooden. Our theme song, Roll On Enthusiasts, was rewritten, performed, and recorded by Aaron Guillory and Ian Bledsoe. Public Power Underground for electric utility enthusiasts. Public Power Underground, it's work to watch!